leadership in cybersecurity isn't just about understanding threats. It's about leading a team to navigate them with confidence. At CPF Coaching LLC, we specialize in taking your leadership skills to the next level. With over 15 years in the cybersecurity field, we empower professionals and startups to reach unprecedented heights. Imagine having a personalized coaching experience tailored to your unique career ambitions. From strategic planning to masterful pitch and interview preparations, we're here to guide you through every challenge. Join us for our unique value proposition workshops or dive into our vibrant learning community for continuous skill advancement. Don't just be a part of the industry. Redefine it. Visit cpfcoaching.com for more information. Discover the leader within. Contact CPF Coaching LLC today and schedule your strategic session. Welcome to another episode of Breaking Into Cybersecurity Leadership. Today's guest is Tom Marshland, a volunteer chairman of the board at VetSec which is a 5013 that provides transition assistance for veterans and others seeking employment after their military or of duty. He's currently in a skill bridge program and transitioning out of the military at the beginning of 2024. So he's the perfect person to talk to us about some of the challenges and opportunities that employers can have with military candidates that are coming out and how to provide them with the best environment to land on. Tom, tell us a little bit more about yourself. Hey, thanks, Chris. I appreciate you having me on. I've been active duty Navy for the past 22 years. I joined the Navy just before September of 2001, just before 9-11, and was in boot camp when 9-11 happened. I served in the Navy's nuclear power field, working on submarines for the last 22 years, culminating as the lead enlisted person in charge of the Navy's nuclear power plants on the submarines that I served on. And the last three years, I've been serving at a shore-based facility, providing some oversight for those submarines in a geographical location, and have been working pretty much since just before the pandemic started on my own transition out of the military and working on transitioning into cybersecurity myself. Um, I have formal education from Western Governors University, which is a school I'm, I love talking about, kind of the competency-based learning that approach that they take, and also a master's in cybersecurity from University of Charleston, West Virginia. Interesting. Outside of potentially the military putting you on leader track, what made you want to lead? versus staying an individual contributor? That's a good question. I really like the technical side of things, but the Navy's track for me, so to speak. You, When you get promoted in the military, you're automatically awarded kind of positions of greater authority and responsibility. And by that nature, I was forced into some of those leadership roles. I really enjoyed the ability to communicate to different teams and work on bringing them together towards a common goal. In 2000, 2018, the submarine I was on got to go up under the polar ice cap and surface at the North Pole and did very well on other nuclear inspections and things that we had there as well and very successful on our missions. And it was just really rewarding to see the success of a team that started on a submarine that had been in a shipyard environment for five years where the proficiency of operating that ship at sea was extremely low 
to the end of my tour on that submarine where we were ranked as the number two fast attack submarine in the Pacific fleet. And we were scoring excellence on all of our inspections and just seeing the success and the growth of that team was just extremely rewarding for me. And combining it with some of the roles that I've had in the military where I've gotten the chance to work in IT and cybersecurity really cemented home for me that I wanted to get into the leadership side of things when I transitioned. And speaking of leadership, as the lead for vet tech uh, on their board, what are some of the critical skills and capabilities that you see leaders need in order to excel within the military and or the private sector? I would say it's veterans bring a lot of skills when they transition out of the military that can be leveraged by both the cybersecurity and the industry at large, but specifically on the leadership side. I think the ability to clearly communicate is something that I see veterans have the capability that some other people aren't used to. The whole idea of the bottom line up front of what the, what the gist of a problem is and how we're going to solve it. The directness that I see from a lot of members in VETSEC. I also see struggles from the veteran community in my role at VETSEC. I was very fortunate to be provided the opportunity to step up at VETSEC. I joined the community there, really seeking an organization to help with my transition out of the military. I was, I still remember just before the pandemic started in January of 2020, had just shown up to the shore-based facility and getting a little bit more downtime to work on my own preparation. I knew I would be transitioning out of the military this year, and I wanted to move into cybersecurity. I didn't know what I wanted to do, which is a whole nother topic that 90% of the members that join VETSEC initially want to be pen testers, hackers. That's 90% of it. And 90% of our role at VETSEC is education on just what the different roles in the industry are. But within six months, the board was holding elections and they were turning over. And just through wanting to give back from what the community had given me for those first six months I was there through a partnership with VETSEC, with eLearn Security, I was gifted a voucher for the pen test, junior pen tester certification and completed that. And I saw just a really great welcoming community of military veterans who had transitioned into cybersecurity successfully and were giving back of their own accord, providing advice in the different channels whether it was how to navigate your military medical benefits, your VA disability, or whether it was the technical topics. I saw just a wonderful community of people that were giving back and I was quickly afforded the opportunity to help out myself. In my role, both in the military and at VETSEC, the big takeaways or skills that I think are needed are the ability to stay organized and the ability to just clearly communicate. And that's both orally and in writing. Beyond that, the I think that veterans always have come with a kind of mission mindset, and I think that's very applicable to cybersecurity. And I think that's why a lot of veterans find a home in the industry in cyber is because there is that mission of defending the network or going after an objective and not stopping until you get it. And the relentless pursuit of those objectives, I think, is a big factor on how veterans can contribute to companies and help make them successful. And just a little plug for my other non-volunteer, my other volunteer organization, Whole Cyberhuman Initiative, that also helps veterans with their transition. To stray back to what you were saying, 
what are some of the challenges that you see with veterans finding their own in the private sector? You mentioned that there, there were some struggles there, both with finding a path and finding that, that sense of mission after the military. How can employers step up to the plate and potentially help them have a better landing. Talk a little bit about my own journey in that rule. Members, and I don't want to speak for the group at large, so that's not what I'm trying to do here, but I see a lot of members who struggle finding a community after they leave the service. I see a lot of military members who had their unit or their command, and when they announce that they're leaving, when they make that decision, they lose form of a community because they're there's a sense of leaving the military from the, some of the leaders within the community as, hey, oh, you're quitting or hey, leaving. So we, you're not a retention statistic for us anymore. So we don't need to care. Um, and I see a lot of military members who join VETSEC looking for some kind of a bridge there where they can still talk to military members who have gone through some of the same struggles that they have gone through. And they don't see that necessarily just with a new employer. I also see just a vast lack of education around how to transition. Going to my own story, I joined the military at the age of 17. The only jobs I had before joining the military were at a fast food place and at a restaurant. I had never written a resume in my life. I wouldn't really say that I'd done any kind of interviews. Yeah. Do you know how to flip a burger? Great. You're hired was the interviews I'd done at that point. And that whole thing called LinkedIn, I didn't have that much experience with it other than some people told me I should make a profile. And so the biggest things that I see that organizations like whole cyber human, like VetSec, like some of the other nonprofits out there. But to, to your point, what can employers do to step up is I think education on the industry is a big part of it. For the nonprofits that are working to bridge this gap, I think helping veterans develop those skills that I talked about, interviews, resumes, and how to professionally network. I think those are skills that are lost. In the military, we're forced to build that professional network. They make us move every three years. We meet new people as a function of that. But in the real world, we don't. Um, and especially when you're looking for jobs, one thing that completely surprised me was how important professional networking is compared to going on Indeed.com and submitting a resume. My post-military role was found purely through networking from that sector and purely from members sharing jobs and referring people that they knew. And I think a lot of the jobs out there are gained in that manner. Is would rather hire somebody that they know or that works for them knows and knows as a person that's going to be a good fit for the role rather than just some random who applied to 300 jobs with the same cookie cutter resume and didn't tailor it to the role. Um, the last thing I'll say on the employer stepping up to the plate front is in at least my field in the military, we were and are very procedure oriented and very attention to detail oriented. And I see a stigma with military members being hesitant to apply for jobs unless they meet every bullet that's listed under those job requirements. And that's something I almost have to break people of in my role at VETSEC in mentoring people transitioning out of the service is you don't have to meet every single bullet under job requirements to apply for it, but many of them think they do because it's a requirement, right? And so they don't understand that. 
And that's something that I really would encourage employers to take an honest, hard look at. What does that person really have to know to do the job I'm hiring for? Do they really need a bachelor's degree to be a SOC analyst? Probably not. Do they need a CIP to be an individual contributor? Probably not. And so I, I really encourage employers to take a hard look at those as well and really consider that in the current landscape, you're going to be training up talent. You're not necessarily going to hire the perfect fit for the role, and you need to be willing to do that as well. So as you look at that, let's kind of rate your value of importance of skills. How would you rate your comfort level with delegation? And why is it such an important skill for leadership? It's an important skill for leadership in the cybersecurity industry because burnout is such an important factor in the cybersecurity industry. Someone who can't delegate is someone who's going to take on way more than they can handle, especially in leadership roles. And you have to be willing to place trust in the people that are working for you, that they're going to get the job done. And by that manner, as a leader in the industry, you're also responsible for making sure that you've taught them appropriately and that you have trained them appropriately. Going back to my last comment, you're not going to be able to just hire somebody and they're going to walk in and be performing 100% of that job description that you hired them for. There's an onboarding process and there's a time to learn that environment. In, in my current role, we worked heavily with designing networks and designing scenarios that emulate advanced persistent groups out there. That's not something that somebody can walk in off the street, even with the skill sets in the scripting languages that they need and just be able to do it day one. They have to learn the environment that they're working in. They have to understand the company's nuances and procedures, but as a leader, you have to be willing to delegate tasks down to the people that are the best fit for the role. Those tasks also will help them grow just as much as helping you grow as a leader and being able to accomplish more than a single person on a single task. So Tom, jumping back, how would you rate your comfort level with collaboration and why is it such an important skill? Collaboration is also an important skill. I would say my Comfort level is less than on the delegation side. Because of the groups that I've worked in the military, I worked in very small knit communities where we didn't work with a lot of other kind of outside organizations that weren't really familiar with us. So that's still a skill I'm learning, but being able to, especially in this industry, it really is, you can go very deep on very singular technical topics and being able to collaborate with other groups of people who are knowledgeable in other areas to develop products together is something that's pretty important. And you touched on this a little bit earlier with the bottom line upfront communication, the clear communication definitely seems like an important skill. Anything you'd like to add to that? I think just being able to clearly articulate meaning is, is probably the most important skill that we're going to talk about here, being able to clearly express what a technical problem or a technical solution means from a business perspective is the other point that I'd want to touch on there. As somebody who's working as a leader in the technical side, you have to be able to get the technical understanding from your team, but also communicate that to the people that are handling the business side of the operations. And that, that kind of weighs into the next topic. Why is influence such an important skill? I'd say, especially for 
veterans of the military where you're no longer in that chain of command per se. You just gave the answer there, Chris. It's because you can't just tell people what to do. You have to be able to, through your own knowledge and through your own background, show that you can be somebody that can be followed by people in your organization. And influence goes so much more beyond influencers in, in LinkedIn or anywhere else that you're finding people. It's really just going back to being able to show people that you can be trusted to get the job done and that they're willing to work for you and follow because it's not the military. You can't just give people orders and get jobs done that way. And earlier you mentioned the value of networking in groups like VETS, the whole cyberhuman initiative and other areas. Any other advice you'd want to give for those transitioning out? I will say just to plug VETSEC a little bit more. Those three areas that I talked about, education on the industry, but resumes, interviews, and networking, we've specifically tried to develop courses that have taken a lot of the tips that we've seen just from our own community platform, including what template to use, why you shouldn't use a photo of yourself in uniform as your LinkedIn profile, all things like that. I would just encourage people to Take those courses, free resources out there, and also go to the VetSec YouTube page because we had talks at our last conference on all of these topics plus more, and those are completely free and open to the public as well. Tom, thank you so much for coming on, breaking into cybersecurity leadership. Truly appreciate your time, and folks, have a great rest of your day. In the rapidly evolving world of cybersecurity, your business needs a guide that's as dynamic as the threats you face. CPF Coaching LLC delivers unparalleled expertise to elevate your cybersecurity startup or business with a decade and a half of specialized experience. We're not just advisors, we're your strategic partners in growth and risk mitigation. Our tailored advisory services range from immediate hourly guidance to comprehensive three or six month packages, all supported with encrypted messaging for real-time assistance. For more information, cpfcoaching.com is your destination. Forge a path to success and distinction in the cybersecurity landscape. Connect with CPF Coaching LLC today and secure your business's future.